Hey everyone, this is Alan here. And Bree, and we're the hunter and the hippie. Thanks for Which one of us is the hunter and the hippie? Neither and both. I love it. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us today. Our episode. We didn't know where it was going to go, and we got into talking about longevity and quality of life, and came back around to food and our food choices and. Um, mindfulness around all of that so yeah really exciting topic of conversation um talks a little bit about intuitive eating um, and we'll see about potentially getting some future guests on who are experts in that in that field and with that as usual we want to pay much gratitude to uh the people in our lives first off all of our listeners all of you that tune in thank you so much uh, please, please, please hit the subscribe button, hit the share button, share with anyone that you think might like to listen to us, um, get the word out there. Um, huge thank you to Brianna Cote Photography for doing all of our photography needs for our show. And of course, Allison Band, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N Band for doing our intro and outro music. Um, thank you to everyone and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Bree. Hey, it's been a while. Psych! (laughs) Uh, How you doing? Good. It's funny, we have these periods where it's like, it really has been a while, and then Mm -hmm. we talked three days ago. Yeah, three days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but a lot can happen in three days. A lot can happen in three days. What has happened in your last three days? Well... Well, for, for in the last three days, like a few things like regarding like just like my personal health, like it sucks. Um, I think I shared on the last episode that uh, I had an ear infection. Did I share that on the episode? Yeah. Going to Texas. Uh, I had an ear infection, so I was put on antibiotics and antibiotics. Like I, I'm very grateful for Western medicine. Don't get me wrong. But because I, I, I definitely feel like Western medicine has uh, helped us extend our life expectancy but i do also feel that there's uh, a negative side to western medicine and i'm experiencing it right now and i get to experience it a little bit on our trip um but i was on antibiotics and it just tore through my stomach and then uh the ear infection was gone but i my ear was still clogged Mm -hmm. and the doctors you know went back to the doctors their concern was, you know, the inflammation caused by the ear infection. So they decided to put me on an oral steroid, prednisone. And it, um, prednisone is, is terrible. Um, I, yeah, it's made my stomach worse. Um, it makes you feel like you're, like have anxiety through the roof. Yeah, like you're like you like you want to jump out of your own skin mm. and so i've been doing like all the yoga things trying to help but um yeah so i'm on the downside of things now uh hopefully but i haven't been feeling great like, especially the last three days 
and uh, it's been a fight to find motivation even to like set up for this episode i always appreciate talking to you but just like getting up and like having the motivation and energy to just get up it's just draining Mm. um yesterday uh you'll be happy about this i slept a lot yeah (laughs) um a lot i Funny like how uh, the like staying up all night uh, hunting didn't help your ear infection. That's kind of weird. It is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would totally have helped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I slept. Let's just review this real quick. Everyone knows I'm terrible at math, but um, so like the night before, I went to bed at nine thirty. And didn't wake up until 7. But then I slept. Like, I took multiple naps throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Like, multiple, like, hour-plus long naps throughout the day. And then, after I taught yoga last night, I took another nap at the end of the day. Like, 7 o'clock at night, I'm taking a nap. What time did you wake up from your nap? Like, 9.30. And what did you do then? I like stayed on the couch for a little bit, like laid there because yeah. I was on the couch the whole time. Stay on the couch for a little bit until probably like 10, 30, 11. Yeah. And then went upstairs, showered, went to sleep, okay. didn't wake up, didn't wake up until 6 30. Yeah. I was like, you should have so, just gone to bed. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah. And, like, I haven't been eating, which sucks, right? Because I'm on, I'm actually, I hired a strength coach and, uh, and so I'm like on a new workout plan and, and he has me on like a macro, macro tracking plan and i haven't eaten in two days yeah anything substantial anyway um so yeah so it's been well that's you know it's interesting like uh all the things we do when we're sick if we can do them consistently when we're not sick um they're quite beneficial right so like you're not eating Mm -hmm. because something's off right Mm -hmm. and you have no inclination to because your body's saying like i need to put all my energy into something else right and so like that idea of like fasting like and i'm not talking about you don't have to do 24-hour fasts but different we've talked about intermittent fasting before it doesn't have to be all the time but where can you plug in um giving your body that time to um, kind of get rid of the malignant cells and clear stuff mm-hmm. out. And then same thing with sleep, right? How so many people are functioning off of a minimal and not uh, beneficial amount of sleep. And mm-hmm. it isn't, and I'm, I'm not just saying you, and I'm not saying I don't know your sleep patterns anymore. Right. I did when we were, yeah. <laughs> when we were both on whoop, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I knew a little I'm, bit. I'm sure you could still guess my sleep patterns. Um, but it takes right. Like getting sick to sleep. And mm-hmm. it's like your body's forcing you because you aren't taking the time to do that on a regular basis. Um, and then the last thing is, I think like, and you do sauna stuff, but it it can also be anything that makes you sweat, right? Mm -hmm. is so important. And 
a reflection of when we get sick, what does our body do? We get a fever. A fever isn't the, the illness. It's a symptom, right? Mm-hmm. And the body, um, like heating up. It's trying to cook the... Right? It's away. trying to yeah. get rid of, it's trying to detoxify whatever is mm-hmm. in there. And so it's like if we can build that into our daily or our weekly routine, all of those pieces, however it looks, like it is going to help us like overall health um just be more sustainable not get to the point where we have no choice because Mm -hmm. we've broken down and we're all going to get sick no matter what right right for Um, sure but those are i think very interesting just nature how if we pay attention to it and we implement it how it helps Mm -hmm. us you know, and, yeah. and I, I agree. Uh, like I have nothing against Western medicine. I agree. Like the advances are incredible. I think, um, it's funny. You said, uh, like living longer. And first thing I popped in my head is like, it's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> not, and I would love to live long. Like I'm not, but is it, I'm going to life. say, is it a good thing with the way that we're living is living longer, really mm-hmm. the best thing? Um, yeah. because, because we have these, um, because we have medical technology and advances, we've almost excused ourselves from taking care of ourselves. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and I'm just saying this yeah. generalization, like this isn't everyone, but Mm-hmm. It's like we will still go drink that like green big gulp of green soda, but mm-hmm. because we can like just pop this pill that'll take care of whatever is going on Il- as a result we have, of it. Right. Yeah, and right. so it's like sometimes I look at the medical advances and I'm like, well, <laughs> chicken and the egg, what came first, like? You know, and it all came at the same time and the dependency, um, Mm -hmm. has been capitalized on, I think by man and money, but I think the medical advances are right for longevity are great when it comes to, Hey, we used to live to 25, right? Like that was, you know, you had, you had emperors and and Kings and Queens ruling the world in their teenage years. Mm right and dead dead in their 20s so i think um you know medical advancement taking it because i I do believe right the that we have found better quality of life in our 30s and 40s for some of us right Mm -hmm. again generalization Um, but i would agree with what you're saying like into our later years um right and you see it like just riddled in like tv commercials and um but would you say like now, do you think we're digressing? Because I have a big feeling that like teenagers and people in their twenties have, um, far less high quality of life than others because of anxiety, depression. Um, there's a lot more mental health issues, um, which also come back to the way that you're taking care of yourself not Mm -hmm. just mentally, but what you're consuming, what you're sleeping, how much you're sleeping, what you're, and when I say consuming, I mean eating, reading, paying attention to, um, 
you know, like I, I wonder if we are for the first time ever, um, the, uh, the age, what would it be? Mortality, uh, rate of males and it might just be white males has decreased. So the life expectancy of males have for the first time, and I don't know how long, has actually gone down. Mm. Do you know by how much? Mm-mm. That'd be an interesting number if it's like a year or two, right? Like I'm not saying right any decrease in life expectancy is not good, but well, I don't think that statistic like, would it, be brought up if it wasn't. A but s- like, I th- I do think people would bring it up if it was like, oh, we're living from you know life expectancy of this population went down from eighty to seventy eight. Yeah. Right? Like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, like, again, any life expectancy decrease isn't good. Um, as for, like, the, like, a decline, I, I don't know. I think it's just a different set of problems. Right? Our our parents, our grandparents had a different set of problems at their age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at, at that younger, younger age. Kids aren't... Um, Kids aren't, you know, having to worry about go down to the docks to find jobs during the Great Depression, right? To, you know, uh, daily jobs. Um, yeah, you know, but it, it, it I mean, work, but businesses work. aren't able to even hire people. Right. Right. So, so, so it's businesses a, are small. You can no longer run a small business. Yeah, I think that. It's, I think it's just a different set of problems. I don't yeah. know that it's that, that we're declining. I think it's a different set of problems. And I think, right, like, you know, we've talked about this before. Your, what your dad said is, right, our, every generation is responsible for fixing the prior generation's um, problems. And, and I think that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? We have a generation of depression and um, a lot of mental illness because of uh, the way that, we lived prior to that in the way that our parents raised us. And I'm not saying our parents specifically, mm-hmm. but right in general. Um, and, and I think now we're trying to fix that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that we've gotten to this, right. We, it's like we've, we, we extended the longevity of life, mm-hmm. but we haven't necessarily extended the quality and I think we, like as in our generation and maybe even younger, are seeing that now. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, okay, well, we got the longevity piece down. Like 80 years is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And how do we get more quality from it now? Mm-hmm. Right? Because I know that's where I'm focused on in my life is, is, all right, you know what? I'll call it a day at 80. Fine. But every day every month every week every year up until 80 is going to be fucking awesome Mm -hmm. right so i I think that's where we're at possibly i I don't know that it's a decline i would yeah i I, I I don't don't think think my quality of life is great see this is where i have to remove myself from my own world right like Mm -hmm. i i know like i think about um You know, like I have good friends who are out climbing in their fifties, which is probably something that was, but gosh, you look at, um, you look at like a small village in the Andes and like they're working 
hard. Like they're physically working, mm-hmm. like they're able to do the equivalent of climbing, let's say in, in the field, like, you know, in, in, in their fields farming. Right. And, um, but I guess in the Western world and like my scope, like I feel quality of life of the people around me is really solid and probably, mm-hmm. um, depends how you define quality of life. Right. But, um, I don't know if that really is the true outside of my circles. If, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think that, right. Like that's, that's hard to determine because it is, it is all, um, about, right. Like how you determine quality of life Mm -hmm. and you look at, um, so I was just watching this show on Netflix, uh, with Zac Efron. I think he did it a while back called, I think it's down to earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just really heard about this and he did an episode on the blue zones. Yeah. And, uh, are you familiar with the blue zones? Yeah. Which, so for those that aren't right, these blue zones are zones where people live to a hundred plus centurion age or, or, or higher. Um, and, and he goes into one of the blue zones in, in Italy and it, it was great to see, right? These people like living these long lives, right? But again, I was like, wait a second, but what's their quality, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe they see it as quality, right? Like they get up, they sort of do the same things every day. They, they like walk their little streets, their cobblestone streets and you know, they, they eat their vegetables. They're not climbing. They're not, right? Like, they're they're not out there, you know, winning Nobels or, right, changing the world, right? They're changing their world, but they're they're not changing the world. Um, you know, so it, it it's great to put a study and say, okay, yeah, this zone, what are they doing? How are they living? And how are they getting to 100? That's fine, but if that was me and you're like, Alan, you could live to a hundred. If you just do these things, I'd be like, fuck that. I'm out. Mm. I don't want to live to a hundred. Well, one little side note with the blue zones, the only problem, and this is with a lot of those kinds of studies is they actually don't, um, the inaccuracy of it is, um, they don't take into account people who've left and moved back. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's, that's there was a lot of data. Really? No, I mean, this is like something my dad studies and writes and researches. And that's mm-hmm. what he always talks about is like the problem with those kinds of studies, right? Is mm-hmm. um, if you, if they don't necessarily decipher between someone who was born there and lives their whole life there, mm. I believe, versus you were born there, you moved away, you came back, died there. Yeah. Um, or if like you so did it, weren't born there and then moved there. Yeah. Right? I, that, isn't that, that might be one of the things too, where like you move there at a certain age and you die there. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, any, I hate, this is also why I hate numbers in a sense to mm-hmm. like why we get so wrapped up in, in measurable stuff. And there's so much of this that we're talking about is, um, you can't put, into numbers, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there is something that you can take from it, right? You can look at the different elements, um, of an area where there seems to be longevity mm-hmm. 
And it's funny you say you like couldn't do that. And I was like, oh, that's my dream. I just want like <laughs> so simple. Like just give me. No, no, no. I don't, I don't, I don't believe you. Oh, I absolutely. I, no. The, maybe if, you, if there was like hills to run for you, but like. No, no, like no. This, uh, we've uh, talked about uh, this. I, my biggest thing is I have to know that I can find joy and happy and contentness without running, without mm-hmm. all of these other activities. And that yeah. has been my main focus. I mean, yeah. if you can't like, that's, and I'm not necessarily even like hills to run, like, yeah, like to be out, like, I don't, I, and and I'm and maybe I'm wrong, right? I'm probably wrong, but I challenge that. I do. I don't think that like watch the episode and and maybe and, and all blue zones are slightly different, yeah, in, like their capacity, but like, and this was only focused on this one blue zone, mm-hmm. but it was this very like tight, compact. Um, like Renaissance style village, mm-hmm. right? With like no, like, like the nature didn't exist because it's just built up with like castles, mm-hmm. right? Like ca- like castle style buildings and like, um, and like that old style, like old standing, you know, pre World War One. But earth materials. Sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, like those, like yeah. those natural, yeah. like you're surrounded yes. by these like natural Stone. materials yeah. versus mm-hmm. all this fake, plastics, fake stuff. Plastics. I don't know. It's not concrete. fake. It's real, yeah. right? I can touch it. Yes. Everything's real. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like I think that, and, and yeah, again, to each their own, mm-hmm. I would want, right? Like, again, I think you're going to adapt to ultimately whatever but if you had to say alan like would you sign up for this i don't think i would yeah but if you're like here you're this is this is the life you're gonna live but to your point i agree right i do think that the the studies right and all studies leave out data mm-hmm. and whether it's intentional or not intentional that's irrelevant right like stu- that, that's that's what science is right? Science is you, you fuck up, you leave out data, right? And like, that's why they have to go and redo studies and redo things and, and learn more about it or new things come up about the environments. And, um, and one of the things that was interesting that he tried bringing up and right, we're talking about Zac Efron and, uh, they eat a really low protein diet, Mm -hmm. which, um, I disagree with. I think that right? A high protein diet is critical. Um, but I'm also not a scientist, but this is also, they're not doing a science experiment, right? Like they just, they're just looking and analyzing. Mm -hmm. And when you look at a lot of the humans that are living there, you know, some of the older, the centurions that he's walking with again, they're, they are old, um, but they are frail. And, and so I think that there's a lot of and to your point, right? Like you have someone like Zach Efron who was on a high protein diet. I don't know what he's eating now, but you have someone like that. Like, how does that, like you're on a high protein diet for so long and then you stop and then you move to a blue zone, right? You're right. That's a huge, how did you live prior to moving to that blue zone? And mm-hmm. how did that, how does that take into account for your longevity and your quality of life? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I, think I I'm in the camp of there's um I don't think there's one proper diet I think everyone's composition is different and 
-hmm. It's important to eat what supports you because not everyone needs the same things. I mean, even just like Mm -hmm. in our body, how things get broken down, like there's, um, certain people who can't digest potassium, you know, and there's certain people Mm -hmm. like there's, there's just, um, yeah, I don't think there's one right way to eat and it's exploring it and seeing when and how you feel your best and playing to that. Um, if I were to go the Ayurvedic route, they have specific stuff for right. Each composition. Mm -hmm. And then even within that, if you're imbalanced, so you can have your composition, but if there's an imbalance, you eat a certain way. And I don't, I I pay attention to it, but I pay attention more to what's like happening Mm. in my body. Where do I feel I have the best energy? Um, when do I sleep my best? Um, and I'm, it is a constant exploration for me. So, and it's different when I'm more active and less active and, Mm -hmm. um, and I think, like I said, with the fasting earlier, it's like I was doing, as you know, from like episodes in the past, I was like pretty deep into like a very strict intermittent fasting and I've like gone away from that, but I, I think the the variety on the system is also important. So I still yeah. do some fasting. I still um, take elements of it, but I'm not as like strict in that mm-hmm. as I was. And it's also hard to know if that's better for me or not because mm-hmm. I'm had a completely different winter than I did last year. You know. Yeah. So I think my biggest thing for people is just awareness like pay attention it's being mindful um of what you're eating and finding out if you're super gassy all the time like what needs to be cut out if Mm -hmm. you're low energy constantly what what can you change um yeah yeah i I appreciate you saying that i know we talked about this once before about the like the body like not when you said that i'm not eating because like, i've been really frustrated with myself mm-hmm. that i haven't been eating mm. um and when you said that like you sort of like calm me a bit mm. um or it allowed me to calm myself a bit i guess um because i was like oh that's right my body doesn't need food right now mm-hmm right? My body needs what it needs, right? Like whatever it's doing, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's making, my body's making me nauseous. So I don't eat, right? So I, so I don't put something in my body. So it has to work towards that. So it can't fix, you know, I can't put the energy to fix these other problems. Yeah. Um, Well, it's like my ceviche, when I had my (laughs) ceviche purging, (laughs) like I cannot, I couldn't even put water in my body that night. And mm-hmm. the next morning, you know, I think I ate in the afternoon of the next day, but it was like, no, nothing can be in here. We're working, we're busy, right. you know? And, and right. that's what we have to remember is we only have the capacity to be, like, we only have so much capacity. And so mm-hmm. when that energy is being pulled to one thing, it's being taken from something else. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that is again, like why I was into intermittent fasting was like, let me condense when my body is putting energy into, mm-hmm. um, digesting and then free it for other, but it's also training. Like now that I haven't done intermittent fasting as often, like it feels harder. Whereas before it mm-hmm. was super simple, yeah. you know, like I didn't get the like hungers like I, I do now. And so then I see, Oh, like, look at that. That's because my body and it's not like I'm you know eating at 9:30 at night and 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? I still have like a you know a reasonable window that I eat within but mm-hmm. um yeah it's uh it's interesting to observe mm-hmm. how we adapt and I think that's the other part right yeah. to 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 remember is um, we can adapt, so, but also giving yourself the time to set, test something out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cravings too. That's what like, like I've, I've been intrigued by this mm-hmm. right before you even said this, but now that you're saying it now, I'm like, fuck, what are the cravings saying? And like, I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do, but, um, right. Like I had craving. So like I've been sick, like, yeah, like like GI distress galore. Mm-hmm. Okay. I won't get into what that is, but hopefully everyone can figure that out. Yeah. Right. Like GI distress galore. It is awful. Yeah. Right. I was 15 minutes late to starting this. Right? I know when because you said that, that, I was like, right. geez, did you yeah. forget? Right. Right. Like it sucks. Um, and so like, and, but then I'm nauseous too. Like you, and I, it was funny. I was sharing this in yoga class. I was like, God, I hope I'm not sharing too much. TMI and yoga. Um, but like, I'm also nauseous. So like, it's, I, I don't throw up and, and I don't throw up often. Right. Even like in general life, right. Like mm-hmm. that's not, that's not a, a, like a sickness I get a quote sickness I get. Um, but like, I've been nauseous and you know, when you're going to throw up, like, you know, those burps you get, mm-hmm. um, I've been having those for like three days and like, I know I'm not going to throw up. I'm just nauseous and like my body's working and doing whatever. And so I just haven't been eating, but I've the little bit that I've eaten. So I've eaten, I've probably eaten twice a day for the last two days. Today will be day three. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. I'm still not feeling like eating. Like I haven't even, like this is my first cup of coffee and I still have half a cup. Yeah. And I haven't finished a cup of coffee once this, this week. Um, so we can get into that. You have something to say, but, but also no, not like about the, the coffee. <laughs> okay. Um, but the, the cravings are weird. So, um, the first night, when was that? I forget what day it was, but the first night, like I was really not feeling good. Mm-hmm. Hadn't eaten all day. And that day I only ate once and, and, and I ate ramen mm-hmm. and I like, I was at the gym and I came back from the gym and I was like, I just want ramen. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted salty carbs and uh and i made two packs of ramen and i ate the whole thing yeah and like it it wasn't like the taste wasn't good my taste buds are all messed up from the the steroids too like these steroids are fucking terrible they're great but they're terrible Um, i'm gonna say they're terrible i'm gonna say they're (laughs) terrible too but yes so i like everything's all out of whack but i ate like these two packages of ramen and, uh, yeah. And then like yesterday I was craving pizza mm-hmm. and so like I stopped at like little Caesars and I ate and I got like one of those $5 pizzas 
And, but Alan, you're sick and you're no, eating. But but I I only ate two slices of pizza, but it was just right. Like I was I was just like I need to like nothing else sounded good. Literally, I was like rotisserie chicken, and I was like soup, chicken noodle soup. Like nothing, everything made me want to vomit. Yeah. And and then I was like, ooh, pizza, and like and I and all I ate was two small slices yeah. of this pizza, and I threw the rest away. But it like it like it. I wasn't nauseous. Like it didn't make me feel nauseous after eating it. Yeah. Like I felt, I felt again, it was just like, what is my body saying? Like, why is my body allowing me to eat ramen and pizza? Mm-hmm. And, and literally I've probably taken in less than 500 calories every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to be taking in like 3000 plus. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, fucking crazy the body's weird yeah and i'm not condoning eating pizza while you're sick but (laughs) like it like that was the only thing that i was like yes that sounds good yeah and then and when i got it it was still like like i got it i was like i'm gonna walk in the pizza shop it's gonna be gross right no and then like i got it i was like i'm gonna look at it it's gonna be gross no and like i ate it slow i was like i'm gonna eat this and i'm gonna get sick yeah know like so i don't know i don't know what the, the body is like you said the body's clearly yeah communicate communicating i don't know what it's saying yeah i was gonna say and you don't have to answer this out loud but you can just yeah. ponder it <laughs> um what aren't you digesting in life right now mm. oh my gosh yeah i'm not answering that one out loud. yeah so think about that and yeah um but yeah yeah that's a big one so a lot of like right what happens to food you don't digest what is the stuff you know like what do we not want to take in what are we not digesting in life like there's and i think everything plays off of each other like again i had that ceviche purging um and it was after my last breathwork session of that I was in Arizona, but I came out of the breathwork session with a real, it, it left me uneasy what came up in that breathwork. Mm-hmm. And so part of me thinks like one, um, maybe that if I didn't have that breathwork session, the ceviche would have not been great, but not came out as violently as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe coming out of that breathwork station, have I not had ceviche, something else could have purged itself in some way because mm-hmm. part of my intention going into that last session was, um, it might, I can't remember if it was, I did the double part of like, I let, <coughs> I let go trying to figure it out and free my body to heal. And so what did it do? I freed my body to heal. So whatever was mm-hmm. in there was but I know it was more than just um, the the fi- the food, right? There mm-hmm. was a lot in there that needed to just clear itself out. Um, the food was a symptom. It was like a, a what's the word? A catalyst, maybe. Catalyst, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it just happened to be there at the right time. Yeah, but that's there's. 
and you don't have to do this with everything. We don't need to like just spend so much time analyzing, but when you have something that's off, like look at the emotional, psychological side of what's going on in your life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just treat if, it, if it's physical symptoms, don't just treat that start to see yeah. like when, when we are, um, not addressing things emotionally and mentally and we put it off for long enough, it starts to transpire in the body. Mm. And because it's like, okay, you're not addressing this. I'm going to force you to address it. And it starts to show up right as disease and illness and things like that, because Mm -hmm. then we have no other choice, but to face it. Right. I mean, same thing getting like even as simple as running down, getting so run down that you become susceptible to being sick. Well, why are you so run down? Are you, um, giving away your power? Are you, um, not listening to your needs? Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you can look at it as like, well, I'm because I didn't get sleep and I'm running around. Well, why? Right. It all comes back to emotional psychological pieces and not mutually exclusive necessarily. They, they function together and one can be the Mm -hmm. catalyst of another and vice versa. Everything's connected. Yeah. I mean, it's like we're predominantly water. We're, we're, um, like our cells, right? Like uh, carry vibrations. That's not, um, that's not hippie shit, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's truth. It's truth. People just think it's hippie shit because of Western medicine the bad side of Western medicine. Yeah. It's, it's where Western medicine has come in and say, no, no, this is what you need to resolve this, Mm -hmm. right? This vibration, this energy, this other stuff that doesn't work. Yeah. Right. And that's where, right. Like you get these, right. Like, Oh, it's hippie. It's, Oh, it's foo foo. It's, you know, it's, it's these things that we think don't work. Mm hmm. Cause you can't put a number to it and mm-hmm. it's experiential. But, um, I would say that any, um, expert knowledge should always be cross reference with direct experience, mm-hmm. right? Personal experience. Mm-hmm. We can't just trust handed down knowledge or the experts. It has to be tested. I think anecdotes are right. In, 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 right. Stories like, not just stories, but like the experience in those stories is important mm-hmm. and, and it's different for each person and it's different for what the body's going through. And no body is going through the same, not no body, no next word body is going through the same thing. Like, even though it feels like the same thing mm-hmm. and that's where, right. That's one of the flaws of Western medicine is right. We see this, Oh, it's a ear infection, blanket ear infection. And, and so this is how it has to be dealt with. Yeah. Well, and it, just as you're saying, you like are listening and, oh, I have these cravings or this is happening or I'm not wanting to eat. Just imagine, um, and again, there is a time and a place that you need to have the um, help from Western medicine. But what if we just like wouldn't we know what we need more than Mm. right something outside of ourselves but that's 
the culture that we've grown up on is again um seeking outside of ourselves on all levels right and so it doesn't surprise us that we um override what maybe our intuition says or what we're feeling or experiencing for something outside of ourselves you know what it makes me think of children i think that not only western medicine is part of the problem i think right western medicine but like us as adults and parents Mm -hmm. and right like quote experienced people are part of the problem Mm -hmm. um right when you think about children and like you like you know you serve them dinner and whatever's on their plate like meat vegetables right and and they they want to eat the meat but they don't want to eat the vegetables Mm -hmm. right no you have to eat your vegetables Mm -hmm. well maybe they maybe they're onto something right Maybe they have that in tune with their body, right? Like they're so in tune with their bodies that, hey, no, I don't need these vegetables. You know, all I need is is this meat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I, I always found funny was, right, like kids, you know, like parents will get like concerned, like, oh, my kid's not eating. But they're going to eat when they when they need to eat. Yeah. Right. It's just like, it, right. And I'm not necessarily comparing kids to dogs, but it's the same thing with a dog. Right. They're a dog. They're going to eat when they need to eat. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that we potentially uh, block or, or make, uh, make ourselves or make our kids or whoever tune out. And like, that's how we get with deal with obesity or, or not deal with. That's how we, get obesity that's how we get unhealthy because we're told to stop listening to our intuition and there's actually intuitive eating um right like yeah this right that's going on right now like a big thing is intuitive eating and i think a lot of it is you've been taught to block that out Mm -hmm. and like no you're supposed to eat three meals a day no you're supposed to eat five meals a day no you're supposed to eat vegetables no you're supposed to eat this and when really you're not supposed to do anything right like Mm -hmm. you're just right maybe you're supposed to listen to what your body is fucking telling you and do that yeah it's tricky though well one thing i'll say is the the our programming as children is uh, i think we move into the pre-programmed mine at age six or seven there's some some people say six some people say seven but so before then it's just really almost like beginner's mind right there's um no programming that it's all being developed during that age so it's like if you have a laptop you have the um hard drive which is what we're born with and then all the apps that get downloaded onto it that have have it function a certain way is the programming and that by six or seven is when it's been developed mm-hmm. um so yes but who's like, putting the programming well it's combination yes it is it's your surroundings right, right. um so and what if the programming has viruses and yeah i'm not right? and like yeah, yeah no i'm not saying yeah. that you're not but like there's all right like the programming can be flawed in so many ways yeah and we've talked about this in a past episode where like 
someone could be doing something good for that small child, but they've interpreted it in a way that's not right. right. So, um, so that absolutely plays into how we've constructed what you're talking about, like intuitive eating or listening to what our body needs um, trusting people outside of ourselves or quote unquote experts more than ourselves. But I will say like the interesting thing with intuitive eating though, is I would, it's tricky because I definitely there's times where I have, I'm like, Oh, I really want this. And I'm like, but I know that's not gonna settle well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I really want little Caesar's pizza. I know <laughs> you needed it, but you know, and so I've, I've done like that intuitive eating a lot recent, like over the last, gosh, now it's been probably like six months, but it's what I stopped eating eggs for a while because I noticed mm-hmm. I was like getting nauseous. Mm-hmm. Um, I started eating yogurt, which I was not always, I wasn't a big dairy fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started incorporating that. Um, and, but then I'll have, like, I can feel where there's, again, when I'm doing intermittent fasting, I don't get as much like of this push hunger push. Right. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm kind of eating more regular, I can feel, I get these like cravings that aren't, um, I don't think they're cravings that I should listen to you know, Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. um, I think they're like another example is if when I was in the breath work in Florida, we ate at 8am, 12 and six. And I ate during those times. I never was hungry in between. Obviously my Mm -hmm. mind was occupied and I was focused and I was doing stuff in between. And then I leave that and I'm like, gosh, now I'm, now I'm like, why am I hungry snacking or hungry in between, you know? So it's mm-hmm. really fascinating because I was totally like fine eating that. And granted I was hungry by the time I ate, yep. but it wasn't to the point where like, I didn't take snacks in with me. I didn't do like into the training and on the breaks takes eat snacks. Right. But then the second I got out, I find myself in an environment where I'm not in those strict periods of eating Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, let me have a little bit of this. I'm like grazing here and there. Um, mm-hmm. So those are craving. Like I get that urge and then I, I um, pursue it. So it's like intuitive eating is challenging of like what cravings do you listen to? How do you listen to? How do you intuitive eat? And I'm not an expert in that mm-hmm. by any means. But because um, you could almost say the obesity, right? Is it like if I ate to what all my cravings I could potentially go down that route, you know, 100%. So I, I don't know. Oreos, Oreos and Coca-Cola right. all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, and so I think the piece of intuitive eating is you notice the craving, but you also observe the impact on your body. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, Oh, I'm wanting this. I'm wanting this. And okay. If you have it, then how do you feel? Or how does that, transpire digestively, energetically, all of that. Yeah. I have a friend who is an expert on intuitive eating. Oh, nice. She's, so we should, uh, I should reach out to her and see if we can get her on the show. 
Yeah. And because I would love to, because I'm now intrigued. Like, I'm really intrigued about the kid thing. Like, like I really like because I I get to spend time with my friends' kids and I get to see their quote what we call pickiness. Mm. And maybe it's not pickiness. Maybe it's just their body saying, I don't need that. Mm. Right? Like, right? Mm. Maybe it's their program. Maybe, right? Like, their program, they have a program. Right? Like, you're saying this, like, five, the six, seven year old thing, like, with the programming. No, no, no. They have a program. They're born and they're programmed. They're, right? like, they're, it's the hard drive. Right. But there's something in it because otherwise they wouldn't move, right? Like, because yeah. a hard drive doesn't just exist as a hard drive. Yeah. Hard drive still has to spin. There's still has to be data on it, right? That's why they cry. There ha- there, there's programming in it. Maybe it's very basic programming. Mm. It's instincts. Right. So, which is what we're talking about, yeah. right? Instinctual, intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe it's not pickiness, right? Maybe it's just them saying no i right it's not that i don't like this right maybe it, it wait taste buds right or you can clearly see our friend gave our uh, friend or their kid raspberries and like you could totally tell it was a taste bud thing yeah right but maybe you know when like i'm i, I remember we were at our friend's house for dinner and i had lily with me i was holding her and, and i was like all right i was like you want i was like you want deer and she was like, yes. And I put deer on the plate. And I was like, you want potatoes? And she's like, no. And I was like, no, no, no. You got to have potatoes. And I like, I even like, I forced it. I was, yeah. like, no, no. I was like, no, no, I'm going to put some potatoes on here. And she's like, no, no, no. Like she was like yelling at me. Mm-hmm. She's like two and a half. And she's like yelling at me like, no, no, no. I don't want potatoes. I'm like, look, Lily. I was like, I'm just going to put potatoes on your plate. And if you don't want them, you don't have to eat them. Yeah. Right. But like here I am forcing my programming on her. Like, yeah. oh, you need, right? Like she just wants deer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and she ate and she didn't eat the potatoes. Yeah. And and I didn't force her, but um, yeah, maybe there's something to it. So I'm going to have to reach out to my friend Jenny and see if we can get her on the show. And, yeah. Well, and it's interesting that Hunter Gathers in the 21st century book I read um, talked a lot about like feeding your kids what you're eating. And Mm -hmm. so that's the vegetable, like just not making a separate meal for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So they get the same vegetables, all the same things that you get on it. And because you're eating it, because there's, we've talked about mirror neurons that exist 100%. -hmm. Um, But I think what happens at such an early age, we're already giving them something different from us. And so then when mm-hmm. they start to incorporate more, um, like meals, like the way that we are, they already have realized that they eat something different from their parents. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's even a programming that starts that early on where mm-hmm. like kids, there are lots of kids who like vegetables, right? It's not like yeah. a, it's, it's very kid to kid, but right. I bet there's a piece of it that, cause like, I know one of my friend's daughters when she was really young just did not like chicken and just like hated mm. it and would not eat it. Would eat other meat, but not chicken. Turns out later in life, she's allergic to penicillin. And I think we've even chatted about this and that there's, you know, the they load chickens up with penicillin. Yeah. So, um, there was something that didn't, she just didn't process well there. And there are kids again, who don't like meat, who want vegetables, 
But I think an element is starting like early so that there's not this idea of like, well, I get to eat something different than you. And then it's Mm -hmm. like forever. They're like, this is mine. That's yours. Like, I don't have to eat what the adults eat, you know? Yeah. Yep. But, and I don't know. I, again, I'm not a mother and I haven't done a ton of research, but I think there's also elements of when we start, like even just the idea of formula versus breast milk, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, There's at a very young age, there's a movement away from um, what's natural, I guess. Yep. That's what I was going to say. What's natural. And like even with formula, you're talking about right these micro ingredients that like through machine processing, mm-hmm. right metal scraping, friction, right like right, these unnatural things getting into our food sources. Mm-hmm. Another reason why we should hunt and process our own meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean it's. I think well, I, what I will say is like again, there's a diet for everyone right? Mm -hmm. The, what it's consists of. But I think I can say that the best in any of those variations is whole foods, right? As Mm -hmm. much as you can get to the natural, um, the natural source and existence of it, the, the better whole, whole foods or real foods. I like real foods. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess real could be subjective too, but, um, and the reason I say that is because there's this whole food diet Mm. and it excludes meat, I believe, like, um, or it excludes, it it excludes some things that I'm like, um, like, like that's, that is a whole food. Like, so I I get what you're saying. Like when you say whole foods, um, but I think that like some people can be thrown off just a little bit because there is this whole food diet. Oh, I've never heard of it. Uh, yeah, I have a few friends that have done it. I think it excludes meat, honestly. Um, I forget. But well, I remember then there's thinking, the Whole30, but that's all that's meat. Maybe that's what it whole is. Whole30 is like more, like I think tends towards the paleo. So Paleo, it's, okay. Mm-hmm. So like when I think, and just right, my thoughts, my opinions, right? Like I agree with you. We should be eating real food, right? Like from the source. Mm-hmm. So like... Right, like I was talking with a friend about this. Like rice is great because rice is has very little processing, mm-hmm. right? To to get it to be rice, right? But like oats, oats are good, right? They're real. However, the processing to make them edible and digestible could be could be questionable, mm-hmm. right? And we're like meat, right? Like if you're sustainably sourcing your meat, right? However, you want to view that as sustainably sourcing, right? But then when you look at Cocoa Puffs, Mm -hmm. that's not real, right? That is a conglomerate of multiple process, right? And like, I don't think people understand or maybe they don't get it or they grasp it is like when you think of something like a Cocoa Puff, right? It's it's processed foods mixed with processed foods, Mm -hmm. right? Like there is white refined sugar in Cocoa Puffs. Mm -hmm. So that is a what was a real food i agree that right like sugar is real mm-hmm. right it, it it's you can break it off and eat it right off of the plant mm-hmm. right but then we process it 
to refine it to this white grain that we what we think sugar is. Mm-hmm. And then we take it and then we continue to process it with these other processed foods to make this black ball that we drown in milk, right? Like, you know, and and like we're so far removed from that whole or real food, Mm -hmm. right? The sugar cane has zero resemblance in this cocoa puff, Mm -hmm. right? And, And so I agree. I think that, you know, we should be trying to get our sources of, of food from right as close to the source as possible, whether we call that whole or real. Um, but I don't think we should limit ourselves to like, you only have to eat meat or you can't eat meat or you can't mm-hmm. eat vegetables, right? Like, I think it's what works for you. And it changes. Um, it can change mm-hmm. month to month. It can change. Like women, we regulate on a 28 to 32 day cycle, our hormones. So what we eat throughout that month is going to be different based on our needs, right? Hormonally, Mm -hmm. men regulate on a more of a 24 hour cycle. Um, I just learned that. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that? Like, like if men listening, you have a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. It's 24 hours, mm-hmm. your hormone cycle, and it's all the same hormones too mm-hmm. as women, right? It's just we don't have the, the levels that you regulate because you regulate daily, regulate right? Whereas we so see the drastic we, differences because it's spanned over it's over weeks, week, right? Like, yeah, right? Like men, we have progesterone, mm-hmm. we have estrogen, we right, but it's all done in a 24 hour cycle. That's why you get tired at night. That's why, right? Like now, imagine a woman who her estrogen or progesterone peaks for a week, right? And their testosterone is down substantially, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they don't even have a lot of testosterone to deal with anyway. But, right, where men, we get our testosterone and then our progesterone peaks a little bit and then comes back down. Like, I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I, I would I need to read more into it mm-hmm. um, because we have a, quote, cycle, yeah. just like women. It's just we get to go through it every fucking day, whereas women it's just fucking extended over this 20 to 31 day period yeah which is wild Mm -hmm. which then also right like i think is where you were going is right like that determines what you should be eating and maybe when you should be eating for a man right like maybe that Mm -hmm. it takes when you should be eating for on a daily basis if you're a male and then um but even phases of what like our internal makeup changes over time too. So what you ate at one period of your life isn't necessarily what you should be eating at a different period. Um, then I was going to say something and now I can't remember. Oh, what I wanted to say when you were talking about the processing, it's like, think about this. If something can sit on a grocery store shelf for, I don't know, weeks, months years right Mm -hmm. is that just imagine what it's doing once it's inside of your system Mm -hmm. right that's i think yeah that's how maybe you think about and i am no saint let me tell you i um i'm sitting here talking about little caesar's pizza here so you know and (laughs) you're in good company (laughs) and i like i yeah i i make exceptions and um and, but it's like, I, I'm always aware that I'm making that exception or I'm making that choice. 
when I do it. And that's what I will say is that um, just not going into the mindless consumption of, of food. Mm-hmm. Of life, man. Like, that's... We come back to longevity, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Journal? Journal. Just Our breath it. first. Are people just turning it off? <laughs> uh, we need to we, we need to change it up again. Well, that's actually, I want to do... I'm going to do... I'll do breath, but it's not really going to be breath because it'll be an assignment. So I guess it's similar to journal, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, your next f- item of food that you eat, um, as you take it, sit with it, take a few breaths, um, think about where it came from. So if it was from your yard, Think about its life cycle. If it was a banana from, I don't know, where did, where do bananas come? Uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. You're, you're probably not getting a banana from Colorado. Or... Um, right. Think about what went into it growing, like getting planted, growing, who took care of it, how it got to where it is now. Um, think the, en- the, the process. The energy. Think the people right involved and allow yourself to just give it love and gratitude for anything in the process of it getting that it didn't have on its way of getting to being in front of you. And then take a few breaths with that. And then as you eat it, try to take with every bite around 30 chews (laughs) And in those 30 chews, just notice the different um, flavors, textures. Notice how your body is feeling in reaction to it. And, um, and then take some time afterwards to just breathe and see how you feel. And have some awareness for the next few hours of what happens Um in your body as you, after consuming it, so. You mean the, like, three to four chews and swallow isn't a good thing? <laughs> it's really hard to do 30 chews. <laughs> I bet. I started to do, I'm like, a really it. big mouthful, but I try it, but we, oh my gosh, yeah. I, that actually, it, it's incredible how, though, that can really make a difference is just chewing mm-hmm. your food more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a shot. I look forward to so it. So even if you don't do 30 chews, like just see, chew it until it's mush in your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there, I'm not going to get deep into this, but there's actually science behind um, a lot of our, a lot of the issues with our muscles and our jaws yeah. and our um and and heart disease and everything related because we're not chewing Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily that we're not chewing it's that we aren't eating foods that require us to chew Mm -hmm. we're eating so many soft foods that we're not working our yeah facial muscles and so and it's both of it it's like we're eating foods that we don't have to chew but we're also not chewing when we do have we're eating like swallowing chunks right 
right? And it, and it leads to snoring and uh, sleep apnea and the collapse of, it's just the entire collapse mm-hmm. of the face, right? Because what a lot of people don't realize is like we may or may not think about the bones in our face, but it, there are many bones in the face and without the muscle support and structure, they collapse mm-hmm. and they collapse on the organs in our face sinuses nose nasal cavities ears mm-hmm. ear infections <laughs> all those things which um yeah so so chewing is actually a very good uh chewing gum uh mm. i don't not, n- i don't like gum so, it's because it releases all it, it signals your body that you're eating yes. and so it releases the enzymes all that stuff and you're not eating so I'm talking to specifically the the book Breathe by James Nestor. Yeah. We've talked about it before. And, and he actually talks about like chewing gum is actually very good for you. But not like the juicy fruit, double mint, hubble bubble type of gum. Yeah. Like he talks about like a few very specific gums that aren't great in taste. Yeah. And, and mainly what it's for is for the essential. It's like a workout. It's like for the mm-hmm. muscle building. Uh, it's like a really like hard, probably not enjoyable um, it probably still makes those signals yeah. from the brain to the body, uh, but that's probably a different, different. But story. you could do it. I mean, you could do something like that, like right after you eat or right before you eat. Mm. You know, so that there is something um, to digest once it's like, mm-hmm. hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. Or you just have something that you chew on that you eventually swap. Like, I don't know, a piece of ginger. Or mm-hmm. some fennel seeds, you know, you can chew on it and yeah. Cool. Well, I would say that you covered both breath and journal. But I'll just add a little <laughs> bit to the journal and just say that, um, right, like write about your experience in, in eating mm-hmm. in all the things that we've talked about today, right? Like sickness, um, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, right? Like this holistic view. Right, like listening to your body. Um, yeah, just write about it all. And with that, we'll catch you on the next time. Yeah. It was good chatting with you, Brie. Good to see you and chatting. See ya. All right. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Alan. Oh, wait. Here. I was. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I thought you were ready. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you ready? You sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh.